Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. I need a drink of beer. He is so parched. This is our third episode recording today. He's he's so dry around the lips, he looks like the Crypt Keeper. I just need, if we're gonna talk about this movie, I need to be drunk. We need to have the booze in us. My name is Max Peterson. Excellent. Bird pointed out that we need to introduce our guests immediately. To my right, yeah. Carl's <laughs> left, and to the empty chair directly, uh, the person across from. Yeah, it's Danielle Plarnier. You're getting so much closer. I'm, I'm almost so proud there. Of you. So there. Okay, so, so, it's, so did you not introduce your wife last time? I On forgot the second episode we forgot because it was the second one we did. Yeah, so she'd been like sitting in, and we just like we rolled right into it, and we're like, and let, and Bird's like, uh, excuse me, and we're like, <laughs> rookie <"Yeah."> mistake. <laughs> She's just slowly rolling up. She's Shelly Duvall. She's Shelly Duvall. And we were like, to my right. <laughs> to my right, eating an entire roll, roll of toilet, toilet paper, paper. <laughs> one sheet at a time. My wife, Bird. Um, so, so it's... Uh, who are you? My name is Danielle Pelshaw. Yes. I am currently engaged to the person... To, to my your right, right directly across from me, yes. to the empty chair's left. One Absolutely. of one of the two <laughs> that the heads room. measuring flex. Fuck. Yes. Okay, you want to know why we're procrastinating? It's because we have to t- talk about the Mac. Today we're okay, talking can about. I, can I just like, go ahead? Okay. Well, can I introduce the film? Oh yeah, sorry. Today we're talking about the Mac, 1973, directed by Michael Campus, starring Max Julian and Richard Pryor. Secretly right. starring Richard Pryor and Max Julian, kind of just is in the phoning m- it in. He's so, in the move like a bunch. Yeah. So this is the thing. Okay. So this is we're recording this last, but it's technically going to come out as the third episode. We have one more coming out. Cage yeah. will be the last official. The Matt last main season, and then we'd have one Patreon right. episode that is. So we've we've watched them all at this point, and I like Truck Turner. I'm definitely gonna spin again. I'm definitely gonna watch uh, Black Caesar again because it's just interesting enough to bring people into to like yeah check this crazy and the music. Did you and talk the music to is great. Did you talk to Danielle yeah, about like, Cage Cheat at yeah, all? Yeah, like Cage Cheat was like it. the dark horse fun movie of the month. Like who it was knew? Awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> so have you heard of the theory, uh, like the the Nelson Mandela the Manda, the Mandela um, effect? Yeah, the Berenstein Bears, Nelson Mandela yeah, that died, some people, but, he didn't. but he didn't die in prison. Some people remember Berenstein. I remember Berenstein. him dying in prison. Yeah, so do I. And like, a, there's a couple of, there's a lot of, there's a whole list of these things that people remember a certain way, like the Shaq Fu movie, or not Shaq Fu, they're the the the, the Sinbad movie, Sinbad movie with Sinbad or whatever. Yeah, but it's actually, but it's yeah. actually something different. So there's it's this a, whole Mandela effect. It's right? used to describe um, dimension. They call it dimensional shift. Right. Where so it, it's, it's proof of multi-dimensional. Thing. Some people use it to to prove time travel mm-hmm. because t- people change things and then history is rewritten. And, and only o- slightly so, but some of us remember the right. And other people say that like in like a borderland between two dimensions, this other dimension has bled in, and mm-hmm. what we remember has shifted into this. Yeah. It's dim- it's called dimensional shift. Yeah, the Mandela. All right. Effect. So I'm the reason you. I bring it up is because this movie I was having that occur the entire time I was watching it. And this is really fucking crazy. And let okay. me let me explain. So my first experience with the Mac was when I just graduated from boot camp and I was in A school in Pensacola, Florida. So like your secondary training school. You don't watch movies, read books, comics, nothing. Like you, they 
strip all of that away from you during boot camp the entire time you're there. It's just boot camp. But when you finally get to A school, um, it's a little bit more relaxed. There are still like recruit division, like commanders and stuff. So it's like boot camp light. So you have a little more freedom. You have like day passes where you can go out in town. And there's like these common rooms where they have, uh, you can bring your own movies in and like have movies. Like every hour, somebody picks a movie from their personal collection. A lot of staples were like Mad Max, the Superman movies, Star Wars. Those are always being played. Right. But between like 10 o'clock at night and 2 in the morning, it would be like Shaft, The Mac, and the, <laughs> like all like black exploitation movies. And there was always, those are always the most rocket, like the loud laughing, cheering and stuff. And those are like, like fun movies to watch. And so The Mac and Shaft I watched as like a double feature with the rest of my, my Navy buddies. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember it's it's the Mac. I'm not remembering a different movie because it's Richard Pryor and it's the certain scenes stick out. But there are some drastic, like huge differences. And I thought maybe am I remembering like Harlem Nights or am I putting like different movies in its place? Was there are like it's like such a vast difference from the movie that I watched when I was in the Navy. I'm was, like, what the fuck is going was on? Was that the here? only time you'd seen it? No, I've seen it a couple of times since then, and okay. I still am remembering it. The other way. That other way, which is why I was like, oh, no, Danielle, the Mac, it's going to be fun. He's like a pimp, and there's like some things that happen, but it's more... Little did I know. Little did you know, but I'm like, am I thinking of... Am I confusing the Mac with I'm going to get you, sucker? Or am I confusing it with right. Harlem Nights? Or am I confusing it with parts of good, uh, like, coming to America's? But no. I'm not. It's like the weirdest thing, because this movie that we watched is fucking garbage. I, and the one that I watched in the military and several times after was a different movie. I have or a, maybe I'm just like I have actually a similar experience. Not okay. not remembering it wrong or differently, but the first, I watched the Mac for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. Um I just streamed it online. Uh I was watching it and I watched it with Alan. And I, my memory of that movie is me and Alan having like a rollicking good time. I remember all of the beats of the film. I yeah. even remember the bits. I remember some lines and some specific moments. I even remember the bits where he's because I know that I always knew. I've t- we talked about it when we got to Black Caesar. I knew the Mac is not like a fun pimp movie. The no. Mac gets very dark. Yeah. So I even remembered the lines where he turns into like a shitty mean pimp, mm-hmm. like Tony, who's coming up constantly as like having just beaten his his right. women, and there that's why they shift over to him, even though he's really no better at all. Um, I remembered all that, but I realized watching it uh, when did we watch it like two a couple of days ago, two days ago, we watched it two days ago. Real, I realized that in my memory. I had chopped out boring bits, and I'd re that may be what happened. and I'd like re edited stuff no, because we watched the Mac yesterday. Oh, it was we? yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday was Sunday. Oh, oh yeah, we, we watched the Mac yesterday. Okay, so I right. watching it yesterday. I was I like there was moments that came up, and I'm like, is this like an extended director's cut? Because in my head, I was thinking, I remembered the, the scenes, and I was like, they were so much fast. They they play faster in my head. It's like very like in and out. The dialogue was trippy, and it wasn't this. When we can go through it, but my overall impression of the Mac is it's plodding. Yeah, it is and the it's sw- cut all over. You never know where you are. This whole movie is the first scene. It drops you right into the junkyard. Yeah. There's a gunfight going on. I don't know who anybody I like is. That. I like the Inmedius Rest. What I hate is the pace of this yeah. thing. It's like yeah. fucking. It's like a one mile an hour, like leisurely stroll with very little action to punctuate it. I don't know what we're meant to be. It's like the movie is on Inica. Yeah. 
Yeah, this movie like, has like couch lock. Like, ch- yeah, it's, it's like, crazy, mm, yeah. man. I, I I remember a much faster movie, and in a weird way, because I knew it got dark. Yeah. But I remembered a fun pimp movie. Right. Okay, Black Caesar. That movie's got some mean mean yes, pimps in it, it and some like rough pimp stuff, mm-hmm. but. That is a to me. That's a fun pimp movie because mm-hmm. it's got that like kind of like borderline cartoonish like take your shirt off, bitch. Right. Oh, come on over here. What? Ooh, I'm gonna <laughs> right. hit you with my cane. It's got that feel. This is just like brutally misogynist mm-hmm. for like hours, hours. on end, <laughs> like for the runtime, and it drags mm-hmm. and drags, and we linger on like. I just felt myself not entertained. Yeah. In the slightest. Yeah. And I can, I saying that having watched a couple other movies this month that were in the same sort of ballpark. Yeah. And came away like thoroughly entertained. Yeah. There's, there's slow movie, slow movies like, like, uh, the night Evelyn came out of the grave is mm-hmm. a, I, I've brought it up a couple times, but that movie's paced really strangely and it's cut like shit. But part of what makes it fun is how bad it's cut. Right. This movie just for me feels lazy. Yeah, it does. And it's, Let's get into it. Yeah, go ahead. Because a lot of the critique is going to be like moments. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the bat, I, I love the one. One of the things that I loved about it is when it comes the the opening credit sequence and it says "In memory of a man, Frank Ward," and the film is dedicated to Frank Ward. I didn't look up who Frank Ward is. I have a note to Google him, and then I completely forgot to. Because do that. No, the movie either. just let you down so hard, you stopped caring. But I just <laughs> there was something. <laughs> True. True. There was something about the like simplicity of that statement where it wasn't like loving in loving memory of director father. Right. So it was just the like man. A man. A man. It was a man. I like the simplicity of that. It's just it was kind of like seeing it. I was like ah, oh. and it felt it felt like kind of heavy. It felt like a good way to come in. That was and after the double New Line Cinema bumper. Yeah. <laughs> we got New Line Cinema. And then we got New Line Cinema. <laughs> um, and I, I wrote down, you can see my notes like get more sad as I go right. through and realize that the movie in my head, which this I love. different than the one that I love the, ver- the version of the Mac that I remember. Me too. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I don't love the movie we watched yesterday. Nope. And that was, that was the... the Problem that I was coming. Yeah, across. I wrote down in medias motherfucking res, man, because you literally start it with a gunfight mm-hmm. in the in the middle of the night. It's poorly lit. It's got that gritty kind of like. It's got that exploitation film, seventies mm-hmm. film feel where it's like Which I dig on everyone's hardcore, got yeah. M16s. It's like that generic machine. They all have like machine guns, right? You know, and you're <laughs> like, hmm, okay. And then they're driving and it's poorly lit and cars are flipping and Richard Pryor's in this yep. fucking Is that Richard thing. Pryor? Yeah. Richard Pryor. The opening of this movie, you're like, oh shit, gunfight. Oh shit, Richard Pryor. Oh shit, car explodes and falls over. <laughs> Flippity dippity. And you're like, god damn. And then the cops come out and you get that, you know, like, oh, he's saying neighbor and he's saying coon a lot. So yeah, these guys these are, are bad guys. guys. So you get that right away. And you're like, there's the bad cops. Here's our hero. We get a cool. I like the prison montage. Yeah, the prison montage. I was like in for in it at that it was, point. He, the he, scenes in prison with him in prison. Um, this main character, his name is Goldie. His real name, because we heard it in the court scene, the right. brief court scene before he went to Isn't prison. It John or something. It was no. I wrote it down because I have a story about it. It's John Mickens, but he goes by Goldie. John Mickens. John Mickens. Alias Goldie. Yes. Okay. What's your story? My story about Mickens is that. When my brother and I were little, 
and learning to speak and saying words incorrectly, he would say the word mittens as mickens. Mickens? So that's like our family inside joke for Mac the fan. word. He'd seen the Mac mittens too, and he was like. So I heard mickens, and I, like I immediately went to that like I'm gonna goofy place. I'm going to slip some mickens on and slap him <laughs> Mickens. My hose slapping mickens. He's my hose, exactly. He puts on his hose slapping mickens and his big fuzzy boots. Well, no, that, that scene in prison it was so odd to me because the. Um, you see, you just see a close up of his face, and he's going. I don't know if he's going batshit crazy well, or what he's thinking about. Is that he's he just was going through he's smiling or laughing? From oh. Yeah, because we find out. But you don't know that we until don't. like an hour later. I wouldn't, into the I wouldn't film. have gotten that if you were like laying we in his bed sweating. Well, we did when that would. It's it's weird up front, but it yeah. makes sense after about an hour of the movie because he like, man he's really freaking out and sweating a lot and see, he's yeah like, he was just laughing. This is a not good, looking at the camera. It was really odd. I'm like this guy is batshit. This crazy. is a good example of how the movie's paced weird or poorly though because we eventually do meet a drug kingpin who he used who was his former employer. Yep, and. We had no idea that he existed for about an hour. Nope, not until you... Mm-mm. So, how about this? He gets out of prison. He meets his, like, weird, blind, misogynist sensei guy who bankrolls him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that guy. <laughs> and when he when he walks outside, this movie... I, to give this movie a, a little bit of credit, I think its heart is in the wrong place mm-hmm. because it very much glorifies the pimp world. Except for when Goldie is always telling the kids, don't be like me, don't be like me, but then right. it's, it's glorifying that but world it's like as a, a do, movie. Yeah, it's like a do do as I do as I like say, not, not as, as I, I do. do. But, yeah. it, but it's I think part of what the movie is getting at there is that it's not, like, it doesn't matter what he says, they're going to aspire gonna to be anyways, him. Right. But, like, the movie treats pimps, they're like, here's this big gala affair, and the women are all dressed up, and they even kind of, like, matter-of-factly state several times, they're like... Look, man, your bitch gets out of line. You just got smack her around, and then she gets right back. And the, it 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 glorifies pimping. But I um I get what you're saying because what I think is its heart is in the wrong place. But I think that its portrayal of the that like pimp life, pimp world, is actually a really healthy one because it's so fucking grating and brutal. Because mm. like there is not one single relatable or likable pimp at all. In the whole movie. Unless you want to be that, and maybe you do want to be like... To a certain, yeah, to a certain, like, psycho set of person, this movie would be like, oh, yeah, that's so cool, look how cool these guys are. But for, like, a, a, I would even say, like, a normal person or an average person, it's, like, fairly shocking. Yeah. So I think think the movie achieves its opposite end, but I like the end that it achieves, which is it makes that pimp world look absolutely abhorrent. But that makes it really hard when there's no one to root for. That, that's for like two my hours. My biggest yeah. problem. I didn't care. I didn't root for anybody. Kind of Richard Pryor because he's Richard I'm, Pryor. He's Richard Pryor. But if it was somebody else, like actor, actor well, X, you I wouldn't have given a shit. One of the things that's cool about the movie is not cool, but one of the ways in which the movie at least kind of vaguely holds together is you hate some people more than others. Right. Like I hate the fucking cops. You hate, yeah. You hate Capital the cops. H hate you them. hate the ratty chuckling guy. You yep. hate the drug dealer. Um, and then oh, I dislike everybody guy. else. He's oh, the fucking he worst. worst. Um, I dig the prison montage because it feels like um, it feels like a training sequence in a kung fu movie where like person brought to their lowest point. Right. It's like Doctor Strange learning how to do his yeah. shit. Well, and, and like when he's doing comics, those like slow push-ups and drooling, mm-hmm. he's coming off of heroin. Yeah. We find that out much later. Let's just take it as red. He's 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 detoxing. Yeah. 
But then if you put behind that, like, it's a training montage. And he's getting over, like, he's comp, he's conquering his more inner. Like Rocky Four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like conquering his inner demons. He's strengthening his body. And then the movie just fails from that point yeah. on. He gets out. Um, I wrote down prison prison for the Mac is bad push-ups and drool. Yep. Um, <laughs> and soup from a cup or soup, soup from a weird. A, yeah. yeah. Soup from a tin yeah. cup. Um, there are some parts of this movie that are well shot. There's parts of this movie that create atmosphere. And I want to talk about atmosphere because I feel like most of it looks like it's shot through a keyhole. Like it's so like maybe it's because the transfer is so old. You mean what? Just dark? Just or? dark and, and like. The lighting is just a little bit out of. Not, nothing's framed that well, so no. it's like if you're looking through a keyhole at there, a scene instead. I of, think some of the stuff is shot. I um, anytime we're in a bar mm-hmm. or a nightclub or like the room where everyone's playing dominoes oh, in yeah. the beginning, when because mm-hmm. I wrote down I want to play dominoes now. Oh yeah, like that sh- the pool hall shooting. All that is they keep the camera nice and low. They shoot up a lot. They shoot flat, like near close to the table. Mm-hmm. They use close-ups really well. That space, the nightclub space, when he first meets the girl who eventually will betray him, who's I forget everybody's name in this, yeah, which I'm is sorry. fine. Um, she was Lulu. Lulu, Lulu, the friend from. My question was who was recruiting who at that point too. Yeah, but like the scene with Lulu when he first meets her and her face is only lit in red and his face is lit normally. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a great framing. But you're right. Anytime we go outside, it looks like the director just was like, um, you guys, hey, you guys want to make five bucks? Shoot this for me. Point that camera thing that way. Yeah. Don't worry about pulling focus or like. pretty poorly shot. A lot of it is, some of, I noticed a lot of it is out of focus. Like way out of focus. Big chunks of that movie. There's, there's editing points that exist because their shots are out of focus. Mm -hmm. Like when he is in his mom's kitchen, there's a scene where like the refrigerator's in focus and his face is like totally blurry. So they just cut to a slightly different angle that happens to be in focus. Yeah. It's really. It looks like a weird jump cut or some sort of like to the same. Set, like there are things I, and I should say here's how I here's how I discovered the Mac the Mac is listed as one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite grindhouse yeah pictures. isn't that weird yeah and it's the, because there's a scene from the Mac playing when when Clarence in True Romance goes to pick up um, Alabama from Drexel the pimp yeah the Mac is the movie that's playing in the background when mm-hmm. Drexel is fucking with Clarence he's like hey man you know how I know you're, you're fucking scared is because they got some big ass titties on these TV right now yeah i mean looked at him once yeah you know it's like so the you know quentin tarantino didn't like direct that movie but he he penned involved. the script for it and you know if you look if you all you don't you don't have to look far go to the grindhouse movie database oh, yeah and or go there. to imdb people like this movie oh yeah they do i just don't have to be happen to be one of those but you people. know and here's the other thing though is i'm wondering how many people are in the same boat as us because if I'd only if if you just asked me before we watched it yesterday, I'd be like, "Oh, the Mac is fucking awesome." Yeah, definitely watch it. I yeah. love the Mac. Mm-hmm. But then I watched it again. That's a why time. I had it as the movie to watch with Danielle. Yeah, miss it's it was weird because again, like I'm right there. You're welcome. Honey. I'm right Thanks. there with you, man. I loved the Mac, and then I watched it a second time, and I was like, "Wait a fucking minute!" Atmosphere. I want to get into atmosphere. Mm-hmm. A huge problem with this movie. I'm sure you guys both noticed it, but the dialogue. A lot of it feels ad-libbed. And, and unintelligible. Unintelligible because of the performances, because of the delivery. There's I think a, a lot of it is because like, they're genuinely fucked up 
during a lot of it. See, I didn't. Prior get... is really. I mean, it's, he's on record as being fucked up. I know this movie, but it's like. Yeah, I knew that. I know that Prior has like like uh, he. I mean, he w- crashed his car and almost burned alive, mm-hmm. like wrecked well, he's on freebasing cocaine. Yeah. yeah. So, like Prior's, but I, I didn't get the the sense that people on the set were fucked up. I got a sense of like we're going for n- naturalism. Oh, okay. I see because what you're when saying. you the, like Max Julian, he plays the, he plays uh, Goldie. Mm-hmm. A lot of his lines where he's like, look, man, I'm just going to have a job you for a second, man. Like, I'm telling you what I'm going to do, man. Is I'm going to, like, totally make I'm going to make it, man. I'm going to make something of myself, Wait, I'm telling man. you. I'm telling like, you. Look, I'm going to tell you. If you cry for a second, I'm going to tell you. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm telling you. I'm going to make something. You and me, we're going to get together, man. We're gonna get together. And it, that's how he's delivering massive chunks of his dialogue. Yes. And there's, you know, like, Pryor will, like, walk over his lines and then he'll put him back in his place. There's, there's something kind of... Fun about yeah. that particular, you know, the scene I'm talking about where, yeah, Pryor, yeah, where exactly. Richard Pryor is very clearly like his character. I don't know if he is or not. I mean, he said he's on record as being fucked up during the shooting yeah. of this, but like he's like slurring and he's falling all over, and Goldie's trying to keep him in line. And you can actually see Max Julian doing some acting where he seems uncomfortable at how mm-hmm. fucked up his friend and he's, he tries to calm him down. There's some that's the I see only, moments of the two of them working well together, too. Yeah, but that's like the duo, only but. scene though where that that like laconic like like mumble mouth delivery worked for me because a like tons of lines are like hey, you know there's been a tally man you got to get over here let's see you got to get together because it's gonna be like and i'm like i don't none of that was words mm-hmm. like at all and i it's and like max there's there's long shots of just like him just like looking out at the city there's long tracking shots of just like like would be an establishing shot but they just keep making you keep watch establishing the city. it they just keep us est- <laughs> they're establishing the hell out of that building right now yeah and then they you get like it feels like a, a lot of the shots feel like it's just coverage that's cut mm. into the scene right like they kept too much of the b-roll and put it in yeah like, like yeah. part of it's like when they're lying in bed when goldie and lulu are lying in bed for the first time they're just laying in bed and they talk and then she kind of falls asleep and then we get like they're, they're laying there he's not sleeping they're laying there he's not sleeping they're laying there he's not sleeping then he throws her arm off and I'm like whoa why are we doing any of that mm-hmm. why is any of that in there there's there's huge bits where it just like blah, blah. um you pointed it out uh when they go to the the big like pimp gala <laughs> and nothing happens for 10 minutes yeah, zero the gala, plot the gala where nothing happens Everybody's all dressed up. There's press. Yeah. There's a red police carpet. Escort. There's a police escort. And they're all sitting. There's music playing. Yeah. There are live performers. But they're sitting there drinking and fucked up on drugs. Right. And just Bird, talking to each other. It's a gala where nothing happened. Bird and I talked about this just in between um, when you got when you left and came mm-hmm. back to record tonight's episode. Um, we were talking about like doing car movies. I was thinking like, oh, it'd be so fun to do like like car chase movies at some point later in the show. And Bird was like, do you mean car chase movies or car porn movies? And I'm like, what's the difference? What's the difference? She's like, well, like Blues Brothers. It's an ugly car. You don't give a shit about the car. The chase is the thing. Gone in 60 Seconds is a car porn movie. Well, the, she her point her one was James Bond. Okay. A lot of times they're not even racing. Because it's the sexy lady, is the car right? You the the car is there to look at, and in a car chase movie, the car is there to perform. Be, perform. This is like a pimp porn movie in a way because a lot of the pimps don't serve a purpose other than to look at the clothes that they're wearing and right. check out the women on their arm and hear the like they they don't drive the plot. 
They kind of just exist to be looked at on screen. And the, 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 how do you pronounce that word? Gala? Gala. Gala? P- it, it's, it's, it's one of those 50, 50 words. Gala? Okay. Gala. So, I've always said gala. So yeah. you're gala. Gala. Whatever. I'm a gala. I'm going to go with gala. Okay. So <laughs> the gala starts, the pimps show up in a police escort. We're jumping all over the movie, but it's fine because this movie. It does it it's to itself. Yeah. We'll, it doesn't we'll get hold back a, to it. Yeah. So we'll get back to more. They roll up in the cars. They get out. And it's like, look, here's a pimp and here's two women on his arm. And I'm like, okay, who's this guy? Oh, he's gone. Okay, okay, here's another. Here's another pimp. He's got a different colored coat on. Yeah. Check out his cane. And these two women are also attractive. And it's like, okay. Oh, well, maybe the action will happen when we're inside. Then we're just, you know, here come the pimps. No, then there's 10 minutes of like. It's of, so um, unnecessarily long. Yeah, the mics were, you couldn't pick up any kind of conversation. They weren't focusing on a conversation. There's just music playing. And there's then the a, camera was showing this party that. It, it exists like the, the whole thing exists. It feels like the director knew the band that was performing. And he's like, look, will you score the movie? And they're like, yeah, if you let us perform one entire song in your film. And he's like, OK. And he cut right, that, and in. that in. And yeah. he just. Yeah, because nothing happens. Oh, he's the pimp of the year or whatever. Oh, player. Yeah. Of the year. Toward, yeah. Right, player of the yeah, year. At the end of the gala, we find out the Mac of the year. The, oh, the, the, Mac, the, the Mac of the year. The Mac of the year gala. Cut out. You know, arrive at the arrive at the gala and have the uh, have the the drug dealer come over and be like whispering in his ear. Then cut to the alley. You're in in a, a minute, two minutes. Oh, then yeah. you're in the yeah. alley and you have the alley scene. Come back in. He's announced as the winner and we're back in the movie. Right. It is so fucking long. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You you get to a point where you're like. This has got to end. It's going to end in the next thirty seconds because it's gone on way too long. There's not like There's hijinks like, or anything entertaining no. or fun like. It, yeah, like the, the, if like there was like a pimp oh, who got, like he got too drunk, on, or, or like, like a well, fight breaks out, right. or like no, someone's someone's—it's an exploitation film. It's like oh, someone's titty came out, or like even show me like you know what? If we're gonna if we're gonna be like gritty and see me, show me like weird illicit sex happening. Right. Like cut to a bathroom. Cut to a bathroom. Just, a dude's doing blow off a hooker's tits. Like whatever. I don't know. Like, show me. S- and it doesn't even need to be. It it could be that. Sure, show me something. But it's just like someone frying four potatoes. people at a table dr- drinking out of glasses, and it, no one's doing or saying yeah, anything. Yeah, it, it, it's also not just the fact that nothing was happening. It was a really ridiculous plot point. The this whole gala. Yeah. To, well, there's for, a picnic the, and then the, pi- the gala. <laughs> and I was going I to like say the that picnic. too. The 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 pi- what did I call? What did they call it? The um, the players picnic. The play or is the play is picnic. I like the picnic. I'm Everybody. not gonna lie. Guys. And it was the same thing where it, <laughs> it reminded was just, me of like every picnic episode of The Office. Yeah, there, it was mm-hmm. just ten minutes of music playing. This it's montage of yeah. of um, pimps and bitches playing softball. <laughs> yeah, and, and they kids. The kids do drink that one girl who couldn't drink out of a water yeah, fountain. Yeah, that's a perfect. The water fountain is a perfect example of someone didn't cut this movie right. Yeah, we cut back to a girl like failing to drink from a water fountain five times. Five times. There are five. Yeah, did you count them too? Yep, sure did. I started hash marking. It's a girl, and they play like a, the slide whistle. Like, <laughs> it's water. That's the sound of water. And we cut, but we cut to it, and I'm like, oh, the water fountains. And then we're playing baseball, and I'm like. Oh, it's, okay, the water fountain. Now it's spraying too big. Okay, we'll go more baseball, and they're drunk, and oh, now it fights. Why are, Why the we, fuck are we back at the water fountain? Why are we back water here? water fountain for two hours. Okay, they're cooking some food. Okay, we're done with the water. Why? We're back at the water fountain again. <laughs> it's insane. She hasn't gotten a single drop in, in her mouth. No. She's, Just no, on her face. Dehydrated completely. And it's... 
it's like look i hate to say it but i I, i've always felt this way there are certain like movies that have children in them that Mm -hmm. are awesome the shining does uh, kids kids and movies really good Mm -hmm. the godfather that is a, amazing. The the little little boy who Marlon Brando chases around the tomatoes. Yes. That's un- spraying, spraying him with the. Uh, yeah, that that moment you manage to get like naturalism and coolness out of kids. But a lot of times when you shoot kids, they just look like why why are you? Why, there's so many cameras around. Mm-hmm. This is so weird. And you, you that's exactly whole, yeah. what that is. Is they're like take a drink out of the drinking fountain. Just do it for like an hour, and we're just gonna roll cameras yeah. on you. And she just looks like blank faced, slack jawed. It's like don't why are we shooting children? Yeah. Why are we? In- don't shoot kids. Don't shoot kids. It's a it's a great rule all Whole the way life around. Ahead of them, don't shoot. Kids. God, but seriously, I, I get. I understand like the dark implication of that, which is we're at the play as and they they have children. There are children. Yeah. yeah, these children are children that happened. These mm-hmm. aren't like this is my child. It's like ah shit. All right, well, I'm off the streets for a couple months. They're orphans who happen to have parents. Exactly, yeah. Like, so there's, there's like, some dark implication mm-hmm. here, but if you'd given me a framework to hang that realization on, it would have had impact, but there's nothing. There's just 10 minutes of music and baseball. I... You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't like the picnic. Maybe I was I was already scumming <laughs> it like, over yeah, in my head yeah. where I'm like, you know, the Mac's not so bad. That picnic scene's fun. But no, we're sitting here and we're critiquing it, and I'm realizing it's shit. It's really poorly cut. It serves no purpose no, at all. No, it serves no purpose. It was a 10-minute scene that cut immediately to the another scene. There was really no, good, yeah, there was the no purpose of good. it. Yeah, let's let's jump really back good. to let's jump back to where we are. As far as the notes go, he's he's just shown up and he's talking to Stick. It's Stick. We all know mm-hmm. it's Stick, but it's it's the blind pimp. Yeah. The like yeah, the blind sensei. This yeah, blind blind sensei pimp. Because he's, he's chewing gum terribly. Well, he. Oh, uh, uh, Goldie. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Oh, he was. Oh, it was awful. You know, man, I tell you, I'm gonna put some. And he, he's doing the. And then the obnoxious overacting he does, chewing. He does the shit right there too, where he's like, you know, man, I'll tell you, prison was so bad. I'm gonna put something together, man. I'm gonna put something. You know, he's let me come. I'm gonna tell you something. You gonna listen? I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna put something together, man. You know, I, mean, I, I ain't never had a bankroll like that before. The sensei guy, however abhorrent his dialogue is. Good performance. I yes. like him. I mm-hmm. like him because it's like this weird stoic, like almost. He actually has one of the best lines. He's talking about something, and then the end of the line is till someone up there turns the lights out on this little planet. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. Ta- the, he's talking. The what he, like, the line is. Well, because talking about it's one of the oldest profession. professions, and will yeah. continue to go on until he says someone long, up there. As, yeah. He says as long as there have been men and women, or something, something mm-hmm. there have been uh, there have been p- pimps in their hose, and right. it's it's the way it's always been, it's the way it's always going to be, and it'll keep on going until, until someone, someone up there, up there turns, turns the lights, out the lights out. My, my, but there's a line right before it. Yes. That Danielle needs to talk. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, I wrote it down word mm-hmm. for word. So he's, and I was making a lot. I was having a very out loud reaction to it the, yeah. the context, when we were watching it the context is the the sensei is explaining to goldie he's setting up goldie as a pimp yeah and he's explaining kind of like the how the game works and then he says this, this is what he says anyone can control a woman's body but the key is to control her mind yeah so danielle made me want to throw up reading that so uh, I don't understand what's wrong with that. It's it makes Seven. sense to me. Shut the fuck up, girl. <laughs> I mean, I just the, and it's weird. This I would say that's the most egregious mm-hmm. line. But there, this movie is full of shit like this. Oh yeah, like that. That's the most. But that's the one that's putting the scamp it's, on it. It's though. the, the reality one. of this yeah. world that we are 
watching the world that we are in. Yeah. It's like you mean Well, it's it's the reality for these women in in this in this in the world of the, the world Mac. of this in the world of the Mac. Yeah. Yes. It's it's and hard it's not sickening. to Yeah. I, it's hard not to uh, not to pa- draw parallels between what you see in the movie here and like in light of like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Mm. And all the Hollywood mm. shit. It's really difficult to watch this and not, not think, think about of that. that. No, absolutely. But to talk about it, so it, just know that it's there. But keeping to keep the discussion in the world of the Mac, you're right because it immediately establishes to any sane person that this guy and our hero are bad people. No. Yeah, the, it's, he's not a hero. No, he's not a hero. It was probably it, this was toward the beginning of the movie, and other, right than, after he got out other of than the bad right. cops being assholes, this was the the worst thing we had heard or seen. Right, and the other that and that's interesting. That's good to bring up the cops and the context of this because you see Goldie and you're like, oh, Goldie is the villain. And then you see the cops, and you realize that the filmmakers want you to side with Goldie against the cops, and you're like, nope. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, I don't like the cops either. I think they fucking suck. The only the only person that I cared about at all, even remotely, was Goldie's, Goldie's brother. Goldie's mom? Well, the mom is fine, whatever, but Goldie's brother was an interesting character. Yeah, Goldie's... He th- was very interesting. And that, like, okay, that that's a cool subplot. Bringing- I dig that the brother... Who is the trying to clean up the streets and is, is trying to get the, the 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 neighborhoods off of drugs and the community away from like pimps and like yeah. clean, and his brother is like the pimp of the year. What about this? I was thinking about that when we when I before you guys got here, I was trying to figure out what the plot of the film is, mm-hmm. right? Because it it drags it drags mm-hmm. so fucking yeah, it does. hard, but I think that the movie the movie we're meant to be watching the the story. Is the conflict between Julian and his brother, and that's like that's side story because Julian's brother's not super important. So side story is conflict with basically the Black Panthers. Yes, who are trying to clean up the neighborhood and 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 be a part. No, be in the white world, but not a part I of it. I have that line written yeah. down. We'll oh. get to it when we get to the rally. But yeah, yeah. the main plot is Goldie. Like the, the actual the, because p- story equals conflict. We need yes. conflict, and the conflict comes from the drug kingpin. That is the conflict. He's not in the movie for an hour, so our story should be him butting heads with basically like a cartel for the whole movie, and eventually, and and trying to stay one he- step ahead of the cops. Mm-hmm. Put all the pimping stuff on the back burner. If you gotta show it to me, if because you know if you're gonna be like, oh, let's let's have some flashy pimp moments. Show me the pimp stuff in the context of him running up against conflict, but a huge chunks of this movie, there's no antagonist. No, it's just Goldie being like you're flying the wall in Goldie's world, which you're not really sure what the fuck is going on. And there's well, and this is it's like the you know the difference you you know you know like the evolution of rap where rap starts as a struggle and eventually rap turns into just like I got fifty nine chains and hundred thousand dollars and I got six yachts and I got a mistake and you're like yeah it's it's uh you're it's you're like I'm waiting for I'm waiting for cop killer yeah right I'm exactly I want to (laughs) watch context to the movie we have lots of weird things we say on this show but I want to watch cop killer in this movie I want that album I yeah yeah give me that here. 
give, give me give you iced tea like the like fuck yeah yes give me like give me him coming out because Scarface is this is kind of similar to Scarface yeah very much so Scarface is like a rags to riches story and the reason Scarface works is you see him like doing the political navigations let's say Goldie versus the cartel he's trying to worm his way mm-hmm. around that that's why Scarface is a great movie you see Tony Montana working those angles and you also see yeah and yeah, all yeah, the yeah. subplots with. Right, his wife. You see and, people yeah. come and try and kill him. You see, you you see him come up against stuff, and you see people betray him. In this, what we see is people like trying, trying to like eke out a living, and and make something of themselves, and like live in this community. And our point of view character, our titular character, the I'm gonna I, I'm gonna keep calling him hero because that's what we're meant to feel about mm-hmm. him. Right. And then, but it's. It doesn't play out because it's someone who's like some guy. There's here. Let's skip ahead to the the line that like just fucking destroys any respect or there's no respect ever. But the the worst line that he has is um, the his original girl, the first girl that he ends up recruiting for his stable, comes up to the car crying when he's riding around with Lulu. his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's riding around. No, it's he's not riding his brother, with, no, it's it's someone else. Pimp. Yeah. So he's dri- or one of his people or something. So he's driving around with like uh, someone on his payroll, and he's in the passenger seat. And Lulu comes running out of the darkness, sobbing, and she's like, "Because this this is how the movie works. Her dialogue is like almost incomprehensible, and you can't understand what she's saying. But the gist is, some guy just tried to kill her. Some guy just tried to. He's, she's like, he tried to kill me. Yeah, and at he, gunpoint, he made her take all her clothes off. And right, God he's like he stripped me down. Happened. He might have robbed me. It's not like he just, like someone got a little yeah. bit rough. It's like no, it almost fucking killed her. It sounds like yeah, she he almost broke my arm is what she says. But it's like basically what we infer is she just got like horribly beaten and raped and probably robbed. And Goldie goes, uh, I gotta get the exact line, but he he says. Um, yeah, I didn't write down the exact line. I wrote down the exact line because I was like, Jesus Christ, it man. Awful. It's, uh, listen to me very closely. Mm, yeah, listen, he says, listen to me and listen closely. I don't give a shit what happened to you. He looks her straight in mm-hmm. the eye. And this is a childhood friend of his yes. also. Yeah. Who he recruits <laughs> right. as his first, his yeah. first hope. And she was also begging him too. Like, that was my question. Like, who was recruiting who? She's like, I will work for you. Well, I'll do she anything probably, you want. Well, I mean, I'll, pimps are awful, but yeah. she's right. being poorly treated by She didn't have a else. pimp. No, they talk. She, she even mentions it. Oh, that's right. It. She didn't have she one. Says, she's outcast. She says of. all the pimps are, no, none of the pimps like me because I you. won't choose. Yeah. She's she hasn't gone with any of them yet, so they're trying to like force her out because she's like a freelance prostitute right. working for and herself. And pimps don't like that because they keep all of their money. Right, exactly. So, but you don't she, get the protection. She comes into which, yeah, but she doesn't end up getting the, the protection, protection from, from Goldie, Goldie anyway, anyways because she's like, this guy just hurt me really bad, and he's like, I don't, I don't give, give a, a shit. shit. Go get me my money. So she, yeah, she comes up to him and she's basically like, look, I know you. You're a childhood friend of mine. You're, I hear you're making moves. Why don't we like team up? I, and she says later when they're in bed at later that night, she's like, I can teach you everything you need to know about being a pimp. She's, she sets herself up as like his number one. It's his consigliere. Partner, his consigliere, exactly. Mm-hmm. And he fucking stabs her in the back. Yeah. Like unrepentantly. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing he does to everybody. Literally in the everyone. Movie. It's just again and again. I, I love that you brought that up, though, because he he didn't go looking for her. She came to him mm-hmm. and asked for she help. She happened to, to see his car there. What the Mac is, is a story, is a, a weird story that 
grates the whole time because the filmmaker forces you into the perspective of someone who victimizes people for a living constantly Mm -hmm. and even people that are unemployed by him like he is a he's a predator he's a bully he's all he does is victimize people and you know manipulates you yeah and that's even part of his brag later to his brother he's like you know i got manipulate yeah yeah but i mean here's it's delivered like look i'm gonna make something of myself man i'm gonna tell you something in this neighborhood right here man I'm, I'm moving a lot of things. I'm, 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 I'm manipulating a lot of things. I, I got a lot of, I got strings on my fingers. I'm, I'm, I'm controlling a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm making a lot of, like, part of him, yeah. part yeah. of his, like, claim to something he's proud of is like, I, I make this, make people dance like puppets, man. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, isn't that great? And I think, which it, when Black Caesar says it, yeah, it's not endearing, but it's more like. I don't know. There's a difference. They're saying the same thing, but when Fred Williamson is saying it as, as Tony, I think it's an important descript, uh, an important distinction to make yeah. because there are pimps in Black Caesar, and we did not have this conversation when we watched. Sure Black did Caesar. not. No, we didn't. There's a different. And there was more violence, and there was more heavy shit going on. I think in Black Caesar, I in think... a lot of ways. I think that the Mac that I'm thinking of when okay when uh, Goldie Goldie gets his bankroll and he goes to a haircutting he goes to a barbershop mm-hmm. where all the pimps are getting their haircut and what we are meant to assume is he's sitting there and he's listening to them talk so he can glean like how like to how information pimp how, works, to, right? how to work it he's yeah. getting the tricks of the trade right so. Because a barbershop is like a newsstand. It's like the where you get information to. Where, uh, t- to get to that scene, we have to skip over the Black Panthers for a second. But I want to because wanna, we're yeah, here. I want to talk most, about this. That's my favorite character in the movie. Well, let's, I want to get to him in a second because I want to stick with the pimp thing for one mm-hmm. moment. Because when he's sitting there, th- it's our, like our training montage mm-hmm. where it's like here he's going. He's doing his push-ups. He's gonna learn how to be a pimp. What? Let's let's find out what being a pimp means because he's our hero. I bet you it's something really laudable and admirable. Right. And he sits. He's down. going to be a quote unquote heavy air quotes good pimp yeah exactly right because he's our hero he must be like a this is going to be a fun pimp movie right so he sits down and the dude talks the 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 derision with which these the pimps talk about their hoes Mm. in this movie is maybe i don't know look maybe maybe we are three artistic sensitive people for whom this this fucked me up watching this man Mm -hmm. because the guys the guys basically like I, well, I wrote be down. Honest, we are not the the target audience. We're for not. The Mac, we're definitely so. not. But I wrote down like the cliff notes. And the first guy who's talking is like, I keep my bitches broke because if a bitch wakes up with money, that bitch is bound to go crazy. I keep them well dressed and looking nice, but I but I keep them broke. All that. And then uh, he talk. They tell a little story about there was this guy who was trying to take my take one of my bitches away from me. So I brought her over and told her to fuck him because. This guy didn't want my bitch. He just wanted the honey, and all we care about is the money. And everyone's like, ah, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. We don't give a fuck about human life. And you're like, wait mm-hmm. a minute. It's, it was awful. Yeah, that yeah. that it scene is awful. like, that. It's like several minutes. But like, think but again, about it. Knocked you into it. Knocked you into like this this world. You're like, this this happened to human beings. It well, still does. Happens. Still happening yeah. to human beings, and the. There are other people talking about women and right. men too in this world like this. It's just awful. It God, is. It's just awful scene. It's a lot of this, but it, and it doesn't. It doesn't stop. It's not no. like Goldie like 
tears off his apron and is like, well, this stands up and is like, I'm gonna be. well, I'll tell yeah. you what, I'll treat them well and buy them, get them health care. And right. storms out. He's like, and he, you wanted it to, you were, you yeah. like, you had that want, hope. Yes. You had that hope when it panned over to him and he's just sitting and listening. It's and like, he's, oh, he's going to be so different. He's got he's that He's going to be so different from all of these assholes. But no, then when he's laying in bed uh, with Lulu and he's like, I'm going to be the coldest pimp ever. I'm going to be, I'm going to yep. be so cold and hard. I'm going to be brutal. I'm going to be, I'm going to just fucking be the shittiest person. Like the speech is he essentially says that. Like, I'm going to be, be the so shittiest person ever. Shitty and horrible that the world is going to just talk about how bad I am all the time. And, and Lulu's like, that's awesome. That's so cool. I'm really glad you're saying these things. And you're like, oh, oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And then you know that the pimping is working because it's raining money for a couple of like that's the, yes. that's the bankroll. Ma- that's the bankroll. That's the bankroll. Magically, yeah. he became oh. a Right after that happened, well, he, he, he a little, magically that was a his seed money, and he started a business. That's right. Okay. And the oh man, the transactional feel of this movie is it's it's, it's going to be hard to not just say like thing about this movie wasn't that horrible to watch over and over again but like (laughs) the the emphasis on money and like the dehumanization the biggest trouble for me is like you can you can you can make this movie show me this movie but it but if you do you paint the mac you paint goldie as like a weird villain and you give me a protagonist who's fighting against that if they'd shifted it could have been the brother shift pov to the brother and we follow the brother, or even don't, but make him a bigger player. Because then, even if, you know, I can watch Goldie and be like, oh man, my protagonist just sucks. He yeah. is just rotten. But here's this guy fighting against him. There's lots of movies, like um, Leon the Professional. Yeah. Gary Oldman's the best part of that movie. Yeah. And he's the but antagonist. Fight, yeah. Gary Oldman is the the quote-unquote bad guy. Yeah, Leon is the, the assassin, Leon the hitman is the, is the, titular, the titular character. character yeah. Right. So, you know, when you're watching... If I'm watching this, like, yeah, the man, oh, he's, oh, he's so being so transactional, he's so misogynistic, and he treats these women like shit, and he's a victim, he's a victimizer, and he's this brutal man, and this guy's trying to clean things up. All right, let's watch this. What's troubling to me about this movie is that there seems to be no inkling among the people making the movie that this is anything but, like, man, people are going to watch this and think, how cool is that guy? He's got bitches and money and coats. How cool is that? That's really the tone is really weird. It's you know what it's like. It's like watching Birth of a Nation, kind of, mm-hmm. which is I know a really controversial comparison oh, no, to yeah, make it here. Sure is, but but it's it is like watching a, a propaganda film. Yeah, look how cool this world is. Because you watch if you watch that movie like Birth of a Nation, or if you watch movies like that, the propaganda film that is very counter to the the world that you're from. It makes no sense because you're like you're you're there's a, there's a like cognitive dissonance where you're like wait 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 why why are you telling me that this world this this stuff is good this is you're showing me like evil shit why mm-hmm. are you saying that this is good or makes sense it's this is all god fucked damn up. it it's almost like the why did why are why they keep drugs in poor neighborhoods is to keep them poor it's almost like movies like this exist I'm like going far afield here movies like this exist to like keep young black men essentially interested in this kind of world so that they don't want to make something better of but there's a counter narrative in this yeah but there is yeah there is which i kind of which is the thing that you glom onto but it's it's so small Mm -hmm. because let's go back to his brother his brother's essentially like one of the higher ups of an organization that's not explicitly the black panthers Panthers, let's just yeah we can just use that as a as the analog because it's very uh, like the black panthers but less militant um there's not such a there, his brother 
is very no there's militancy yeah it's, yeah, it's essentially is. the black panthers it's not there doesn't seem to be as much violence right no it was very it was very honest and yeah like rather than like we gotta like they're not like attacking targets and bombing stuff what they do is they snatch up pushers they they this this group that he's part of or is like heading basically they kidnap drug pushers and the cops I love the cops line ah that was our top pusher they just pulled when he comes back to the streets he's gonna be a monk yeah so they basically like get these guys off the streets and are like basically in a maybe a pseudo cultish way they like give hit them with their doctrine and be, show them the error of their ways or yeah. whatever you know and then return them to the streets as a as a as a force, uh, for, force good for good or whatever or bring them into the fold or whatever however whatever it is is they they're neutralizing pushers and we get the police corruption where they're like if they keep this up we're going to be out of a broke, job yeah we're going to be broke cuz there won't be they want drugs on the streets yes they do because drugs on the streets gives them money for them drug addicts to lock up exactly which is dark and highly yep. relevant, but there's well, that's a, what I was saying about my comment about like keeping the drugs in the neighborhood to right, keep it. Yeah, right. There's a great line that he has during his first big speech. So this movie has two long, like proselytizing speeches. One of them is shitty. One of them is great. The, like I would say, the high point of the movie is the brother giving his speech. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, when I agree. he's even though the content itself is kind of like. Um, you know, like radical and separatist and whatever, whatever it's, it is a controversial, like social commentary moment, but it's well acted. It's well acted and it's passionate and it states a thesis for who his character is and what he wants. Whereas we get all, all Max Julian wants is money. And that's such an uninteresting motive. Yeah. I don't care about that at all. He's boring, but his brother is his brother and his brother, I would say, is like a he's like a radical. He's like he's essentially like this radical black separatist. He has his line is we have to form our own black America within but without white America. And he talks about and I've been thinking about that line a lot uh-huh. and what that means. Yeah, I still not sure what that I mean, I get I get that that statement uh-huh. and I'm, I'm not like part of me agrees with that and like. Part of me, it's, it's such an interesting, st- like, what? I the think fuck is this it's like? a fruit fly. Oh, fair. I think, um, I think part of it it's is like not losing your culture or who you are within. <laughs> I think you got it, Max. I don't think I like did, to be I'm able gonna... to live. We need to be able to live together. Yeah, he's he's not but talking not about losing your who you are and your identity. See, I think it's all. I think it's kind of of more divorcing yourself from I think it's more in line with the the common theme of black of black exploitation which is like uh like black people are heroes white people are bad okay because you vilify Con- all the white people right but he's yeah, yeah. not he's not saying like we need to like go and make a compound where all the black people can right go and live. No. he's basically saying like we need to put up walls around our culture because he has a really really interesting line which comes up a lot and we've actually talked about it on the show before but he has an interesting line he says if they start braiding their hair, uh, we'll yeah, we'll yeah, we grow ours out. He, or he's like, we'll. Oh no, it was the opposite. When they start, yeah, when they start doing something, we'll braid ours. Like so, like I, I see it as something different. That they, they want to be strong in who they are. Right. But they want to make right now, like the impression with all the drugs and the pimps, um, really taking over, um, in that time didn't make. Like it just it's just I think it more had to do with forming a better impression like we are we are strong intelligent humans and we can show them like they they don't 
there shouldn't be any more racism. There shouldn't be this separatism. Like, I we saw can live it, together while still not losing who we are. I saw it as like I thought it was sort of I thought he was making two separate arguments. One was that was to like basically like we've got to clean up our act. We've got to establish ourselves and establish ourselves in a be strong smart way. And strong. Yeah. And part of that was. We got to get we got to get the drugs off the streets. We got to get the pimps and the prostitutes off the streets because, you know, we have to remember when you're looking at, you know, when you're looking at a pimp and his hoes, those are somebody's sisters. Mm -hmm. Those are somebody's daughters. And he says, those are your sisters. So he's like, look, we got to get the bad elements out of our out of our 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 culture essentially we gotta we have to clean up our neighborhoods we have to clean these mm -hmm. this up and build some kind of life for ourselves but the given the like the the black panther connection and given the the sort of like militant tone of his conversation i really do think that what he was advocating for was especially when he's saying within but without, but without yeah. that's such a strong statement the the vibe that i got from the within but without was like we want nothing to do with white America, and 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 also if you just look at at the black exploitation genre, mm -hmm. that's a that's a common theme. Yeah, which is like, and you know, and then if you look in within the film, there are no positive representations of white people anywhere. No, at all. So there's this is kind of interesting that especially that that conversation there that that comment that he made about like if they're they're going to do this we're going to change our we'll we'll change and we'll because he says they're doing their thing we're doing our own thing is his next line which is like foreshadowing in 1973 the cultural appropriation conversation mm -hmm. of 2018 yeah that's exactly it like if you all you have to do if you look up um, I did this at work the other day because I was because we've been doing black exploitation right, films yeah. and it, it keeps coming up. I typed in, um, "Is it okay?" on Google, and the second result is, "Is it okay for white people to wear dreads?" And Are you? So that's the second. It was, yeah, wow. it was wow. two days ago. And if you type in, if you just type in dreadlocks, like five of your top ten results are discussions of why it is or isn't okay for white people to have dreadlocks. Because of cultural appropriation. Yeah, it's a it's a big discussion. We've talked about it a couple of times. We have show. a little bit, and but it's it it is. I think it's interesting to note. We've talked about this before when we talked about war movies, especially yeah. because like this is a this is a war in 1995. It is 2018, and we are still in that country. <laughs> yeah, at war. exactly. So this is 1973, and this is the conversation that they're having, which is like, if white people keep copying us, we're gonna, we want to do we'll our own thing. Change our thing. And there's, you know, we're talking about like a barrier between cultures. Whether that's right or wrong, mm -hmm. I think that's the text that we're seeing in the film, and that conversation's still happening mm -hmm. today, which is like, you know, it's and it's it's the the tone has shifted slightly. It's not it's not. You know, I'm not that I'm reading it every day, but the tone now seems more to be like, rather than look, if you're going to do that, we'll do something else because we are our own entity. It's like it's fiercer now, almost. It's like these elements are elements of our culture. It's, you stay in your culture, you know. But that, but still, mm -hmm. uh, what is it? 1973 to 2018, 70, 80, 90, 2050 years later, almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same conversation is still happening. Man, it's it. Watching old movies shows you how it, little it shakes you change. a little bit too. It does. Yeah, we're still we're always still dealing with the same core. We're always having the same yeah. discussions. I should Even say. Even what's funny is like I'm a huge Star Trek fan, 
And about once a year, I'll go back and I'll watch the first two and a half seasons of the original series, which came out in like 1963, like 10 uh, years James before this. James C. Kirk. Mm-hmm. And that that show was known for being super ahead of its time for addressing cultural issues, especially dealing with race. Uhura. In 19... Like Uhura, for one, but there are several episodes that deal specifically with that. Yeah. And it's so crazy. Like, that's a movie... This, that's a show 10 years before the Mac, and it's still the same conversation. Bird and I... And this is a sci-fi show that's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. It's like, not it's, the 60s one. Are you guys both Star Trek fans? No, no, not. I didn't grow no. up as Star Trek. No. Okay. Um, I know you're the Next Generation fan. Yeah, I love TNG. Yeah. Bird and I were just... We've been watching our way through the Next Generation bit by bit, like a couple episodes a night sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's... we One thing that we keep, like... Like your your mind is blown watching the show because every single episode, you, the show's being made in the '90s, and they're like, "These are the pressing issues of the day, and we're going to address them." And but you know, they 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 live in a post. Basically, they li- they claim to live in like a post-war, post-racial world. Yes. But again and again, we find out that they, the post-racial thing is a myth, and they. At the Federation, quote the, the the big Federation, they kind of believe their own hype too much. Yeah, in a they way. believe their own bullshit. Yeah, because they're like we're we're beyond war. And but fuck those Klingons. Yeah, kind of right. <laughs> they're like or like oh Romulans. Romulans, Ugh. we're gonna ban yeah. Romulan ale because it's you know or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So so those issues in '95 where when they're looking in the deep future. The show, I love the the little subtle thing the show does, which the show shows you a world where basically the 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 civilized world, the Federation, the not the Borderlands, not the brutally right, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, they're they're basically like, yes, we're beyond, we're we've moved beyond petty things like war, and yet you got you photon, phaser banks and phaser torp- banks yep. and photon torpedoes on your ship. We are. We've, you know, we've, we've, we've something all races, something, something. <laughs> yes. And you're like, but you don't like a bunch of different alien races. You seem to kind of only like the ones yeah, that. Prime Directive. Yes. Well, well I, the, you know, and the, the Prime Directive is kind of cool, which is like. You can't in, involve yourself in a, in an other world's affairs. You can't right. directly influence their culture. Yeah. And it's, it's specifically like non-space traveling ones, right? Yeah. Exactly. So if you, if you reach like a pre-intergalactic space travel planet. You cannot approach them at all. Right. Well, you can observe them from afar. They, there's yeah. that episode where they're in the blind. And they're yeah. Right, yeah. And then the power goes down and they start worship, worshiping them as gods. Because they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Hey, man, you guys are from space. <laughs> All, right. Yeah. All, right. All right, nerds. All right, nerds. Sorry. Let's bring it back. Okay. <laughs> Let's okay. bring it back. So Star, Star Trek postulates a far future yeah. where we've solved all these problems. But even that show allows that those problems may be unsolvable. Mm-hmm. Movies from the 70s and shows from the 60s talk about the same issues that we talked about in the 90s and talk about in the 2018s Here today in 2018. and talk about in you know starting 23 yeah. 45 <laughs> exactly so these might i don't i'm not sure they're problems i think they're they're discussions that have no conclusion no. in a way because this is a these are it's a good the good things to think about even if they're problematic the mac is a Super problematic movie, right? From a technical in a lot of ways, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's say the content of the Mac is stunningly, skin crawlingly right. <laughs> problematic. But we three, we three watched the Mac, mm-hmm. and we sat down, and we 
it it provoked a discussion. Yeah. I will yeah. give I will give it that. Yeah, point. I was thinking that myself. I'm like, it provoked a conversation, which is which is what you ask, that's what I ask from like pretty much any form of media is like it, things that will will spark some sort of conversation or make you question something but this is just not a good movie yeah it's for, just from a from a film standpoint yeah. this is not a good film the discussion that's born out of it is a very interesting discussion mm-hmm. but it, and we're not i like that we're a film appreciation show because it allows us that discussion without right. just saying like this movie sucks right because we we say those things because of the people almost expect some sort of review this is not a review show but i it's you can't talk about a movie without saying if you would recommend it to someone or not right right if it's a good film or not but this one is uh i haven't unwrapped it yet it might go back to amazon yeah who knows honestly (laughs) if you want to dude if you want to watch it borrow my copy send no i have it i mean i've got yeah but um you know like there's there's a good line let's if we skip ahead there's a there is a, a little bit ahead there's a good line in here which is it's early. It's bef- it's when around the time when he's who, da- Donna. Who's the Diane? Diane. I knew it was a D. You're so good with names. Um, but when <laughs> Goldie is recruiting Diane, his basic. I think it's his first of two white hoes. Is that right? Yeah, I thought he only had one. I thought Diane was just so. the one. Yeah. I, okay. I thought during the. Now, there are other white. Uh, women of the night. <clears throat> oh, but, is that uh, what we're gonna do? No, we're doing I just that. Did it's Pimps and Hoes, dude. That's the movie we're talking about. I was putting it out there to see how it felt. It okay. felt horrible. It felt, there were others, but I think in Goldie's that, group, Goldie's, Goldie's Diane, Diane, was, Diane, yeah, Diane was so Diane the is the only one. Okay, so there's a line right before that where he's talking about the about. How it's I think it's in the Richard Pryor drinking scene when he's talking about um, Jesus Carl. Yeah, there that's the sound effect for the Richard Pryor drinking scene. It is. I <laughs> was just adding Foley. He's he's saying um he's basically talk he says to Richard Pryor, he's like, I don't understand why women would go out every night and like work their asses off. But let's let's be blunt, go out every night and and fuck strangers for money again and again and again and again. And at the end of the night, give all their money to another guy. I can't wrap my head around that. But one of the things that he does says he can't wrap his head around, like one of the dangers that he explicitly states is he says, you know, some girl, go, she's going to go out there and put herself out there with some stranger, maybe get her arm broke by some sadistic guy out the suburbs. I think that is an important note because Goldie, given what we've seen in the film mm-hmm. and explicitly looking at, at the like what the film is giving us, I think what Goldie's saying here is get her arm broke by a crazy white guy. It seems, and you know what the weird thing is, is there are other movies like Taxi Driver. Oh, yes. There are other movies that basically say the same thing, which is like middle class white people from the suburbs are dangerous as fuck. Fucking yes. There's tons of, and now I'm not saying this in a real world context. I'm saying there's a bunch of films where this is a trope. Yeah. Like the middle class... Middle income, white male from the suburbs. I mean, dude, BTK. You know, like they're dangerous. Yeah. The, it, movies, a lot of movies, point to them and say, like, watch the fuck out for those people. He was such a nice man, a exactly. quiet man. The, he kept his well, long impeccably clean. Like he said that thing, but there is there that last part of the line brought it right back to. <laughs> Which, which right last part of the line? Shitland. Oh, when he's, he's like, I can't believe these girls go out every night and they they fuck strangers fuck and strangers they give us all their money. Right. And then he brought it. He 
it was a very vain thing. He's like, I, I can't believe they do it without the pimps. Not like, I think it was, I think it was something along those lines, assuming that, you know, that they should all be working for him. Right. And yeah, again, you're, you're hearing it and you're like, the movie, glor- is he realizing like how he sounds? What, is he realizing how he sounds and the world that he's living the in? Movie, is he going to change his The ways? movie glorifies that type of thing later on too, where, um, the gam what is the gambler? One of the gamblers. Yeah, one of the gamblers. So one of the gamblers' girls comes in and is like, so like, hey, do I got to audition? He's like, you ain't, you ain't yeah, got to audition. audition for come on over. And then there's a fucking strange, uncomfortable moment where the gambler's like, what the fuck's going on here? And Goldie's like, look, you know the rules of the game. We can either conduct ourselves like businessmen. We're talking about a woman. A woman, yeah, mm-hmm. a woman. We can either conduct us. You can be cool, and we can conduct ourselves like businessmen, or we can start some gangster shit, which is a cool line, but. He's basically saying, like, look, I'm she, gonna take your commodity. she's my property like, this now. This is the rule. Like, yeah. she chose me. Right. And what that means. At least in this world, the woman has a choice of pimp. I don't know. It's a thing. Yeah, there it is, Carl. The Mac is a feminist film where the women have agency. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I don't want to take away I know, their dude. Agency, you like... want to. I know that the compulsion is to grasp for just and anything. I'm trying. Any, just any, any sort of Any, any little glimmer there. of hope. Um, so. I mean, the, the it, beat by beat doesn't really matter because the movie right. the, there's the movie just shitty. There's there's stuff that stands out that I want to talk about. Cackling laughter guy. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck. the fat guy wants to see you <laughs> <laughs> laughing for no reason. I think he's fucked up on some shit, but I think that's a character choice more than anything else. It's, yeah, look. Did you try? Did you try and do it? Did you try and do the laugh before just now? No, I did, a, man. Oh, you did. I went upstairs and I was like, because. <laughs> You, when you hear it, it's so fast and quiet, and there's such a distinct like neck clacking. Click. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I don't smoke nearly enough unfiltered cigarettes and meth to do it. <laughs> but like honestly, okay. So he is the greasiest, most abhorrent looking guy ever. His yeah, teeth are he's terrible. Like a very His hair thin is Ron Jeremy. S- yeah, yes. really small. Yeah, that's Ugh. a great description. Yeah. He's a thin Ron Jeremy. Um. And credit to the actor, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, you, you never know which of these actors are like horrible psycho shit faces in real life. But right. credit to his performance, he's there's no one I like less than him. No. And a huge chunk of it is that incessant laughter. You're like, the worst was when like, he did it off. The worst is when he did it off, like off screen. Off screen, you, you, hear him you heard it off, after yeah. he had left the scene. You're like, oh, and he's shit. like, oh, he's still you laughing. Hear it when he's in the dumpster. Yeah, like, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Even um, like I, you're fucking disgusting. I'm gonna throw you away. It's oh man, I don't know. Like, and here's the, I have a note about him, which is who the fuck is this guy? Right, and comes out of nowhere. You have no context for who he, he is. Says the fat, He's man, like, the fat wants man wants to see, to see you. you. One, who is the fat man? Two, who are you? Three. <laughs> What Who's the, the fat man and what's going on? Pardon me, filmmakers. Uh, is the fat man relevant to the story? And is he actually fat or is he have, like just is, is he Rich. skinny? Hold on, hold on, wait. It's like you would call a fat man slim. Is he a salient plot point? Because I must say we've been watching for an hour and five minutes. Um, should maybe you've mentioned him earlier? I feel like you should have. You know what the best part of that is? After that scene, he still doesn't show up for like like another twenty, 20 minutes. Twenty minutes more. You have five minutes <laughs> he's like, left. That's yeah. He's like, listen, the fat man wants to see you. It throw you in a dumpster. Oh, I think it was longer than twenty minutes. And then yeah, nothing. It was longer. It was longer yeah. than twenty well, minutes. He showed, yeah, oh the, god, so yeah. The, there was the first mention of him, and then you didn't see the him little the, hour. the like, little oh, cackly right, guy shows here. up, and he's like. Ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. 
<laughs> and you're like, okay, stop that right now. What you're doing, listeners? He's Max is not exaggerating. No. It's, that is actually how this character yes. sounded. It's fucking absurd. so disturbing. He shows up, Danny goes, "What the fuck is that guy's problem?" Yeah. So like, uh, Goldie throws him away, and you're like, "All right, guys." Next scene, Fat Man is showing up, and he nope. is not going to be happy. I forgot about him until so he I. showed up again. So did I. And I only knew he was the Fat Man because Cackles was there. Yeah, because Cackles, <laughs> like, Cackles the Cat oh was there Oh, my God. Again. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Cackles is at the businessman's house. That's so crazy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, huh. I, Here I will, you want a bowl of milk? Can we all point out again, like, the Fat Man is the antagonist. Yes. He is the plot. Yeah. He was the one that had Goldie all fucked up on heroin. He's like trying to get his yeah. yeah. He's so important to the backstory. All the rackets for the entire town, which you don't realize until like an hour and a half into the movie. Every single one of those pimps, everyone doing anything nefarious, has to pay the fat man. Right, and you don't know that until this moment. And and, uh, Goldie's brother. All of the stuff that he's trying to do yeah. is tied intrinsically to this character. Yes. Goldie's entire backstory is tied intrinsically to this character. Here's my problem. I just just had a flash of the writer writing the Mac. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I get this sense of him at the keyboard and he's like, okay, plot point. The fat man. We're gonna bring the fat man in, right? But and I don't know the writer, okay? And I maybe there's pressure from the studio. I don't know about the history of this film, but the impression that I get from what ended up on the screen was he just sat there and wrote like you ever read American Psycho? Oh God, the book? yes. You read the yeah. book? Yeah, yes. You know the like uh-huh. you know that be- that amazing thing that Brad Easton Ellis does, where he gives you just descriptions of clothes yes. for like twenty pages, yes. and right at the point uh, where you're about to be in, so in bored that habits and yeah. everything, yeah, and you're about to be so bored and uninterested that you stop watching, he kills a woman, mm-hmm. and it's the most fucked up thing you've ever read. Yes, and then it's back to. Clothes. One thing, clothes. He, yes. It's oh it's a genius novel. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever read. Mm-hmm. I get that feeling from him where he's just like typing and he's like, okay, plot point. We're gonna get the fat man back in there, and then Goldie, he's gonna, oh yeah, we're gonna go to the players' ball, and he's got the coat on. I'm gonna tell you all about his coat. And, ooh, he loves bitches. Like you get the sense that he gets lost in how cool he thinks pimps are. Yeah. So that we stay with an totally uninteresting, n- with no antagonist, plotless pimp lifestyle storyline for half hour chunks without any antagonist showing up he's just like isn't it so cool how he walks isn't his shoes cool Mm -hmm. look how much money he's got oh i wish i was him that's the vibe that i get from this film and Mm -hmm. that's what that's why the movie fails could have been the cops at first but they like they're not no yeah hey go go buy some drugs so we can bust you (laughs) ha 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 it's it's poorly written but it's at least an antagonistic relationship like i think i could have even and there are movies with heroes who are shitty. I mean, like that a is a lot of samurai movies that I love are Akira that. Kurosawa. One mm-hmm. of the samurai is like a drunkard who murdered a guy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there are there it are has Yojimbo or uh, one we, of those. You could make him the most flawed, most deplorable character, and you could still make him interesting if you wrote if you wrote well. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's such a masturbatory look at like the the world of a pimp. Yeah. Um. So there is a good I, I gotta give this line credit It's the first time That he finds out The gambler Is trying to set him up And he goes to the pool hall And puts yes, a gun to his there's neck There's some really great lines In that scene actually Look man Like every once in a while I, th- I feel like Maybe Tarantino Has what we have Which is He watched the movie And loved it 
he and got a little it scummed Mandela'd. over and he yeah he, and he chopped it he's a filmmaker he chopped yep. it in his head and you gotta give this movie some of the lines you gotta give him credit some of the lines in this movie are fucking gold this is one of the coolest lines in any of the movies that we've watched this month i hate this movie but this line is maybe the best line i've heard which is if i ever find out you're trying to set me up again i'm gonna kill your mother i'm gonna kill your two kids I'm gonna kill that fat, ugly bitch of yours, and then I'm gonna come looking for you. I'm gonna blow your heart right out your body, sucker. <laughs> come yeah. on, dude. Yeah. Like, like, oh, he is meaning all of biz, all of the business. It's like I won't spoil it because Cage Sheet is next week. But there's a line in Cage Sheets that's, that's similar. But like, you expect anything but I'm gonna blow your heart right out your body. You're like, what the fuck? Does that even mean? What does that even mean? That's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Um, so then, like, skip ahead. There's a bunch of pimp shit that yeah. no one really cares about. Just ignore it. There's a reference yeah. to, there's a refer- reference to Oliver Twist. When the fat man uh, says, you can go keep doing, uh, go on playing your, your, uh, your, your Fagin shit. Okay. And Fagin is the is the the one that, that how deep and smart of this movie so anyway <laughs> <laughs> um i i speak we want to talk about the oh, really quick the kingpin i my note for the kingpin scene when he finally meets the fat man is these people just don't know how to say lines yeah because <laughs> there's dialogue where they're like listen man i don't know uh, i don't want to work for you anymore well you should probably work for me goldie well i'm not gonna work for you no more man and you're right. like wait oh. why why did you go to 190 just now? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that real it intense. escalated <laughs> You're, so fast. And they start screaming like fairly innocuous lines at each other like, I need you to work for me, Goldie. Well, I'm not going to work for that man. And I'm like, inside voices, guys. Yeah, we're, like, we're standing well, right Goldie, in front of Well, Goldie still kept like this deadpan face, though. Yeah. And he, he was, would yell, he was, but there's no eyes, anger. He was his just, eyes were always at like quarter mass. Yeah. Yes. And he, and, but he's screaming and he's like, I'm not going to wait for him, man. Oh, the Xanax is hitting <laughs> so, <laughs> so hard. <laughs> um, I thought it was kind of interesting. We get a weird scene, which is a cult scene. When he takes him to the planetarium and he's like, look at this. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. The, uh, the mind, the mind control yeah, fucking he, I am so, God. So yeah, Goldie, I think he was bragging to another pimp. His or brother. His bro- oh, it was his brother. He's like, yeah. can you see how I can mind control That's these right. bitches? Come yes. to planetarium. He says, I got these bitches' minds controlled, yes. man. And you're like, don't you know your brother at all? Didn't you hear his speech? This the is like the worst speech. thing not you could listening. ever you're say to him. not listening at all. He's a bad listener. He's a very bad listener. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> he's a bad communicator. Not only is he a horrible pimp, he he's also all, a bad listener. He takes all so you, of these girls to a planetarium. Yeah, walk and us through this. He has this very odd smile this and he's saying he's saying these things to these women almost like a pep talk a really sick pep talk with a smile on his face and like almost like he wants to laugh like he finds so much joy in it and these girls are are looking at like up at the screen where these just stars and galaxies and like you just see all of this all of these beautiful starry scenes that he's showing them and he's hypnotizing them basically yeah yeah, and he's making them repeat after him, like, some, I belong to Goldie, there's and a mantra, I will not betray yeah. you, and... I ugh. will... These are my mantras. I will not cheat. I will not steal. And then, like, at the end, when he's like, if you follow these edicts and rules, the rewards will be great. 
his cadence it was, is like a cult leader's cadence. It is like a cult Absolutely. leader. And it, the entire time he has that creepy smile on his face. You know what the face. smile is? It's like I just smoked half a joint and I'm trying not to laugh. Oh. Like that? Am I wrong? That's no, the it's face. A, it's it's like, a little bit of that and it's also like I've got them under my thumb. I'm going to say in real life Max Julian had just smoked half a joint. Probably smoked That's a what whole I think. joint. Yeah. Whole, and he was sitting there and he's like, the rewards will be great. Okay, okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I will not lie. I will be a lady. (laughs) Yeah, I will be a lady at all times. Mm -hmm. And they intone it in unison. I will be a lady at all times. It's fucking creepy, dude. It's really creepy. If you put a different movie around that scene, it's an awesome horror movie. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. Like, it's really weird. What was equally creepy was when he was recruiting Diane. And he yeah. was taking her on these really lovely dates, and was just, almost like he's the way courting he was her. talking to her. It was like he was courting her. And do you have that line right now? I do have that line. <laughs> Go for it. Because I really hope something follows it. It's the grossest okay. thing ever. I'm going to be your father, friend, lover. Everybody, sing it with me now. I will be your father. No, no, put your no, tiny no, no. hand in mine. We that was the first thought I had. I will be your a preacher, teacher, anything you had in mind. <laughs> My first thought was, you're gonna be her dad, and then you ended that with lover. Yeah, those are those those three words. They are, shouldn't come in the same. Don't. Note. What is this? 2018's Pornhub. But. I, psh, George Michael's father figure what Oh god So I would like to point out one I'm not going to say good but interesting Editing choice they put the cult Sequence Hard cut next sequence is the player's picnic Back to back Hmm it's weird, man. It yeah, does. I, yeah, I remember yeah. how jarring that was. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if, like, part of me was almost like, that's a clever juxtaposition. But then the other part of me is like, I don't know if anyone actually added this They didn't this know movie. that, yeah. But, like, when you when you watch the movie, that's an interesting beat where you're like, you see him and he's in, like, draped in robes and chains. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the rewards would be great, but those who oppose my will must be destroyed. And then it's like, bow, 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 bow. let's play it's some baseball. Hey, and you're like, hey, <laughs> what? It shows. It shows for me. Like I'm, I'm definitely bringing my own thing to this. It shows like the bottom lows of this world and the like, the right. like high points. How am I supposed to hit a ball with a boner? Um, there's other interesting lines when his oh, brother, yeah. when his brother is like, <laughs> his brother's like, I'm really mad at you. You're a pimp. Don't be a pimp anymore. <laughs> don't, don't be a pimp. He's like, you always said that you were going to make something of yourself. And Goldie says, being rich and black means something. Being poor and black don't mean shit. Which I think, I hear that and I'm like, what a fucked up cynical thing to say. What a damaging, because you love his brother so much. Right, yeah. You're like, his brother's, his brother's thing makes sense to you you're like rooting for him and you're like that is the most nihilistic thing i've ever heard anyone say and my my biggest problem with it is this is like the thesis for the movie for the movie yeah it, it sure is you get this sense that the director was sitting down and he's like look what message are we going to try and impart to the to to the audiences who come and see our picture and the writer's like okay when i wrote the film um what i had in mind was being rich and black means something and being poor and black don't mean shit so what we want to get across is like being poor is bad and being like a rich abusive misogynist asshole with lots of money that's good that's what you're aiming for and the director's like got it in we go 
And that was the last talk they ever fucking had about it. Yeah. The director is white, by the way. Yeah. I know I he looked is. It up. I know. Is it true that all of the directors on the black exploitation movies that we did this month were white directors? All of the ones that we did are white directors. Right. Yeah. I find that very interesting. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's. Well, it's, you know what it is, is it's kind of, it's kind of a Hollywood. That's why they're exploitation no, movies in it's, a way, or no? It's, uh, w- well, maybe. That's one way to look at it. The way I look at it, in a way, yeah. But the way that I always looked at it was, I think Hollywood 1970s. Yeah. You know, like if you go to Hollywood 1940s, you've got two roles for black people, slave in period picture mm-hmm. or butler yeah. or maid. That's it. 1970s Hollywood, like, yeah, there, there, there are more like black people are working more in Hollywood, but there is still very much like a color bar. Right. You right. know, like it, to be a black director, that's, that's, uh, in, in ni- the 1960s and 1970s in Hollywood, that's still a pro. I mean, honestly, like a 2018. We're still, yeah, we're like, um, yeah, yeah. like that's still a thing, which is like, we've uh, got like, uh, Greengrass and we've got. How many black directors can you name? We're going to do a whole month of a black director this year on mm-hmm. measuring flicks, um, essentially. But like, the, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Steve McQueen. Um, I don't know the name, but I know that like Black Panther is a black director. But other than that, like, Steve McQueen's the one that's on my radar, but the vast majority of directors that I'm familiar with in 2018 are all white. We only, I can only, I could only, off the top of my Is head. Is it Paul Greengrass that did the um, uh, Born movies? I think he's black. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How many female directors can you think of off the top of your head? Uh, Other than Kate Sophia Bigelow. I was going to bring that up too. I've got Sophia Coppola. Kate Bigelow. Kate Bigelow. Penny Marshall. Yep. There you go. I mean, now if you if I were like name white male directors, <laughs> well, blam, yeah. a couple, run down the list. A couple of years ago for the film festival, that was sort of that was a theme that Michael Moore came up with. There's this realization that Hollywood not only was Hollywood right. like in, on the director side very white, it was male. Yeah. yeah. And there was only one award-winning female director in that previous like award year. Right. So he made it a point to feature almost entirely female directors of films mm-hmm. in that particular film festival. Mm-hmm. I think he said there were only about five male directors yeah. that were chosen to have to, you know, show their movie, but he wanted to feature female directors and then feature this issue that yeah, that it's, it's still it, it's still a thing. It it is. It's a, and it's a good way to shed light on it. Yeah. Cuz we did a month of black exploitation films. Not a single Not a single black, black director. director. A lot of black, black cast, yeah, yeah all over the place, um, you know. And if you look at like the history of exploitation films, women and uh, like not just like black people, but like th- exploitation films on the whole, extremely multiracial. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was because like when you're making an exploitation film, you have a super low budget, and a lot of the people that they hired were people who couldn't hadn't established big careers because they weren't able to establish big careers because of how Hollywood they is stratified. They could pay them like uh, scale and be fine. Well, not just that, but it, I feel like when you're working in indie film, there's especially the jet, like the, you know what I'm talking about, the Miramax, the yeah, 80s, yeah. 90s, there's, there's a, there's a feel of like anti-establishment. There's yes. a very like hippie ideal where yeah. it's like, look, man, everybody come to the table. We're doing indie film. Yep. Hollywood is a machine. Indie film is an, is like a more like an artist's easel, you right. know. And exploitation film for me usually falls more in like the artistic world because you got you ha- it forces you to be artistic because of the low there's budgets. no budget, yeah, right. So yeah, that's an interesting thing to bring up though. 
you know, like, because it, it highlights that problem, still a problem. Yeah. <laughs> the female directors thing, still a problem. So there's another, I mean, there's, you know, you get the the gala. There's a, remember the, at the end of the gala, there's that weird freeze frame that goes on for five seconds and then the film continues. I thought it was the end of the movie. Yeah, so did I. But, but now there's still murders. Tons of shit happens left. Um, the shitty speech is when he goes to the church. Yeah, I'm skipping tons of these notes because it's fine. just pointless. Um, he goes to the church, he sits down, and that guy starts preaching. Yeah. The point of that whole thing was I, look, yeah. he's making the point. Here's the point. Ready? Here, I'll be the big, I'll be the preacher. There's a man, and he's making moves, and he's moving without direction. He doesn't know where he's going. And he forgot and, who his home is. Yeah. End of speech. No, no, no. We don't even need that. Right. The whole point. The whole point of the thing was... Right. Yeah, I know. I got you. Okay. All right. He's making moves. He's doing things. He's making moves and walking, but he's walking nowhere. That's the end. Yes. And, the, and then the max realization is supposed to be like, oh, I'm just making lots of noise, but I need direction. But instead, that sermon is 10 minutes long. And you're like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. You're saying the same thing that you said in the first 20 seconds of the sermon. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're saying it again. You're going to say it again. Okay. All right. Now we're going to cut. Yep, there it is. Reaction shot of Max Julian with his eyes barely open. And he's (laughs) smiling. He's always smiling. Don't know why he's smiling. Oh, we cut back. Okay, uh, new content to the sermon? No. Same 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 thing. It goes on forever. And then, look, I'm... I'm all I love atmosphere. There are yeah. directors who do at and and you if you're establishing a feel, I'll go with you. Jim Oh, Jar- I'll sit there. Dude, Jim Jarmusch's I'll sit there with you absolutely. Jim Jarmusch's movies are like half atmosphere. Yeah. But then but but for whatever reason, this this is not creating atmosphere to me. This is just you're like repetitively boring me to death. Yep. And then all of a sudden, like the the only interesting part of that scene was is, when the dude starts going yeah! dude starts singing. They cut to the guy behind the priest, and he's got like the most brutal voice you've ever heard. Yes, because it's like hot, like he's singing like tenor high C's, but with like all of the grit. Yes, of what's his name? Um, Louis B. Armstrong. He's, he's got Louis Armstrong's voice, but in like a high C. Dude, it's, you're like, how's he doing that? <laughs> his wow. his neck's gonna That's burst. Yes, <laughs> he's just like and alone, yeah, alone. Like the, yeah. that looks agonizing. Yeah, he is. How, that man is in pain. Oh, you that hurt. man is in pain. You hurt so bad right now. <laughs> Made my neck hurt. <laughs> It's like sometimes when I listen to Nirvana, my throat gets sore even oh, if I'm not I, singing. Oh, whenever I listen to Nirvana, I have to drink water. Yeah, you're like, mm, mm, mm. Driving in the uh, car, you're like, mm-hmm. I gotta get, we gotta pull over, I gotta get some water. <laughs> I just, I'm hearing him and my throat hurts for him. Yes. So I'm gonna. Sympath- like sympathy, <laughs> sympathy throat pit. drying. It's yeah. like, yeah, like a ghost limb, but it's like yeah. a ghost <laughs> scream in your neck. Yes. And you're just like, whew. I'm gonna have polyps from listening to that song. <laughs> I love me some Nirvana. Okay, um, the drug hit in the car is a guilty pleasure moment for me. I fucking love it when he's talking to the fat man after his mom gets murdered. No, it was after Diane died. After Diane, Diane ODs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Diane ODs. Oh yeah. Whether or not she did it on her own or not. Well, you know, I wasn't sure. Did anyone? Did either of you get a subtle vibe? From the movie, which was like frail white girl, like this frail white girl from the suburbs, just couldn't hack it, couldn't hang. If it was there, I didn't pick it up. Well, she was with. Well, I don't know. I she, I don't seems- think she was with him for a while, and before that, because it was um, this was directly after the gala, the 
the right, food and she with the Mac of the there. Year. And he had, the, well, yeah, she was there with him, but he had that fight with the fat man in the alley. In the, alley yeah. Yeah. the fat man tried to recruit him again, and there was more yelling and. And so Goldie was like, no, uh, no, yeah. go away. Like, say they hit leave me alone. And Fat Man was pissed. Put, pissed. put the, put the was, papers and out And so on I assumed, the, yeah. I assumed that because he is this, this drug kingpin, right. the OD wasn't. It wasn't necessary. Yeah, it was like an. Well, it was no, it a wasn't. Hit. A, oh, yeah, was I think it was a hit. hit. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a hit to get to Goldie. Oh, yeah, and then so Goldie hits him back by injecting him full of battery acid. Although we should also point the battery acid is not even the best part. The best part is the accordion gun. Yes, oh, the accordion. I love the accordion. Great. Well, I said when it first showed up, I'm like. Is that? No, you made a joke. You're like, yeah, like, here comes a guy with an accordion. And ten feet closer, you're like, is that actually an accordion? What the? gets within like 10 feet and you're like holy what shit the it's an accordion what, what the fuck is happening here <laughs> and it's Richard Pryor with it's an Richard accordion it's Richard Pryor with an accordion who's pretending to be blind and he's like I'm gonna play a song for you boss and they're like get on out of here and he shoots them with the gun with guns, guns hidden, hidden in the accordion. in the accordion and I would like to point out we got white neighbor again right there in that scene we did yeah there's a white neighbor Richard, in this one Richard Pryor shoots the guys they're, it's two black bodyguards who are working for the fat we, man. we never established in this episode what that means. Okay. Um, for the black exploitation film, it's not a, it's not in here as no, much. No, it isn't. Only a couple of times. But um, for the black exploitation films, there is a word which features prominently in all of them. And we Carl and I are not going to say that word on this podcast. So we originally started out by saying nincompoop, but it we, it doesn't get the right flavor. Mm-hmm. So we say we we have chosen the n word is neighbor. The n word is neighbor because that way we can get the correct inflection, same number of syllables. We can it's a facsimile, but it's not the word. Right. Um. So he calls. Yeah, he shoots. He, he shoots these two neighbor. guys and calls them. Uh, he calls the one of the black bodyguards white neighbor. This is another theme that where if you step outside your community and you like you know the 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 controversial concept is the the the, the pejorative that it's yes. tied to is. Is being an Uncle Tom, being like mm-hmm. a simpering, like oh, I work for you, man. Oh, wait, I can. And Shade Tree Neighbor was another Shade Tree Neighbor also yeah. does come up, yeah. Which is very; these are derisive terms for for people who are for characters who are like going over and becoming like Uncle Tom, like the yeah. We we talked about it in Black Caesar, where it's like becoming white, yeah. Like through your actions and through your behaviors and through your mm-hmm. interact, your through your. You're cutting yourself off from your community. You're becoming white, and in these movies, white is synonymous with evil. Yeah, like we're talking about the movie, talking in the context of these films. There is there we talked about it at the beginning. There's no positive representations of white people in this at all. Right, Diana maybe, maybe, but that's a stretch. That's a thin maybe. That's a really thin maybe, and everyone else is overtly racist and evil. So that in these movies, that's a bad thing to be. You know what I mean? I do. So yeah, the there are like two other good parts in the movie. One is stick yourself. That's fucked up. No, that's great. And the dynamite in the mouth. Stick yourself and dynamite in the mouth is really good. Uh, some other uh, pretty Tony. Is that who it is? Yeah, pretty Tony. Pretty Tony, is like he thinks the, the, the um, Max Julian Goldie thinks that pretty Tony killed his mom, so he chases him down. And tries to kill him. And they chase him into a... It turns out he didn't. 
Right. It was it's the cops who killed his mom. But he chases him into a warehouse, and pretty Tony stabs Richard Pryor in the arm, and then he realizes that he's outgunned and steps back. He's like shit. So he's like shit. He stuck me. He's like don't don't shoot me, man. Don't shoot me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Richard Pryor goes, ah, oh, he stuck me. He's like, he's just a flesh wound. He's just a flesh wound. And then he turns to uh, Goldie turns to him and cocks his gun and says, stick yourself. And he. He does not want to do it. Nope, sure doesn't. It's a good scene, man. They ratchet tension up. They make him stick himself like eight or nine times. He stabs himself with a sword cane repeatedly in the legs and ass, and he's just like in agony, can barely stand. And the sadism, like the sadism of the moment is, it's actually shocking. Yeah. It's like an, it's an actual moment where you're like, oh, fuck. And there's a turn too, where you're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. You killed Goldie's mom, and she's the only person. Then it's like this is too much. Yeah, after like the sixth time he stabs himself, you're like, you could, you don't have to make him do it again, though. Right. And we're we're okay with just Richard Pryor turns it in a weird way, where he turns stick him once for me, stick him for me. Well, he turns into like a giddy kid where he's like, he's like, you're making him mad. You're making him mad. I don't, come on. I'm on your side. I don't want you to make him mad. Come on. Just stick yourself. Look, oh, calm down. Yeah. Calm down, Goldie. It's okay. It's okay. Look, just stick yourself, man. And he's like doing that like weird yappy dog schoolyard thing mm-hmm. where he, it the scene turns really fast and you're like, oh, okay, we, we need to just yep. stop. We need to kill, just kill him, like kill him or something. But this is too much. It's cool. It's a really good scene yeah, in the I movie. And then they put dynamite in his mouth and they the biggest explosion for oh a stick of dynamite. They cut to an exterior shot of a bunch of windows and you know because it's center, you see the window, you're like that's the window that's the he's one. behind. You're like there's going to be a big explosion out of that window. And instead the whole the whole, wall, the whole oh, yeah. side of the building explodes like 20 floors blow out and you're like that was a motherfucker stick of dynamite. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. It was like, nah, damn it. That episode's next week. All right. Mm-hmm. We Is got a, we got a first, the first taste of that, uh, of his sadism was, and I wrote it down as the slow rat cruise. Oh, yeah. Oh, slow yeah. rat cruise. Is that the same guy? No, he did that to a uh, gambler. gambler. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he tosses a, a bag of starving rats into, into a, a trunk, trunk with, with a guy in it. and drove him around town. Screaming, you screaming from his trunk, slow, like driving 20 miles an hour Cruising around the, town. To the ER. To the ER. On the okay, other look, side of town. What we're talking about right now, like the stick yourself scene and the rats in the trunk, like... If, Those are the moments that are cut in my head. Yeah, eventually, I, I guarantee you, in six months' time, I will f- I will again fondly remember this movie. So will I. I can I know, see it, I I can know see it happening will, already. Yeah. And right, Danielle will be like, honey, we have a whole podcast episode about this. Right, you should like, go listen to that. Like, no, we're already talking about it a lot longer than we thought we would. Yeah, well, yeah, this yeah. This happens, yeah. though. So. It does. And a, a big part of it was dis- like discussions of culture yes, <laughs> rather than true. the vote. Yes. Which is what the, was we do on the show. Yeah, so I mean... Like then we get the cops and they die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I well, like because the cop is like, "I killed your mother, motherfucker," and, and you're he's like, like, "Well, I'm going to make you dead now." That was a bad thing to say to me because my brother is, but th- that was cool. Like, yeah, his the brother bro- got the drop on him. Yeah, well, he was bu- yeah. there's a like a blown out building behind him, and actually in the Patreon episode for September we see something similar. Um, I didn't even mention it in the episode, so I'll mention it here. But when Tommy Lee Jones carries his plate up the oh, bars, up the bars, that's fascinating. Like mm-hmm. his bit stage business there is like way more interesting than the conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I was watching that instead of. The- but me too. But the reverse of it happens in the Mac, where the oh he lets him down a, through yeah, the levels of the. There's window. a blown out window that's like grid, so it's like a bunch of panes, it's like a six by six or something. Right, right. but there's no glass in them, and the bro- um, uh, Goldie's brother has snuck into it, and the cops are standing with their back to this like lattice work basically and Goldie's brother after he hears that these guys killed his mom 
which by the way did you catch those stupid adr the the white racist cop says i killed your mother and then the i guess they're both white but the dark-haired racist cop says i killed your mother and the blonde one they adr'd him going yeah so me too i did also <laughs> right yeah <laughs> because they're like yeah. why does goldie's brother kill the guy who didn't kill his mom so they had to adr him <laughs> yeah being me like, too i wish i, I am was also there for responsible that too. <laughs> for that yeah. murder of your mother which happened and you're like <laughs> guys <laughs> i didn't notice that yeah it was pretty all. bad well you probably didn't notice it because the line does not occur on it when you're looking at his mouth and it's, it has that like room noise of the, the adr booth it's like yeah the, someone's got a <laughs> fan going he's like i also murdered your mother i killed her i did it <laughs> i did not kill it i did not like, I, I did not hit her i, I did, did not. not oh hi mark oh hi mark <laughs> but anyway goldie goldie's brother strangles the fuck out of him and you get some cool like neck creaky cracky noises yeah. and then he like walk he like walks him he like walks him down the lattice work by like pulling one arm out and grabbing him through a lower pane and pulling an arm out and going to a lower pane and a lower pane and he like walks him to the ground continuing to choke him as you go and you're like damn goldie's brother is fucking awesome Mm -hmm. and then like the rest of the movie sucks the rest of the movie is boring and nothing really happens. Well, there's not much left, there's after, not much that. left after that. There's not much left after that. Goldie gets on a bus Goldie, and Goldie goes Goldie shoots somewhere. a guy. He shows mercy to someone who maybe betrayed him, but that's not explained at all. Nope. Then he, he gets on a bus and half hugs his brother. Yeah, his brother does not hug him back. I actually have a note about this. This is the only moment that had emotional resonance for me, and it's only because of what we discussed in Truck Turner and Black Caesar. The end of the movie for me is him being, I think, cast out of his racial community. Mm-hmm. Because he hugs his brother who's wearing, let's just, because the movie is is using the the visual motif, his brother is dressed, let's say, more traditionally African, okay? Because his brother's got, like, bright colors, drapey clothes. He's got the, like, slouch beanie, like, reggae cap. Mm-hmm. He's He is dressed... Rasta in a way. Rasta in a way, and and remember the at the Black Panther rally, a lot of people are dressed in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a uniform. And Goldie's uniform is the uniform of the pimp, which has, which his brother has effectively cast out. The pimp, a bunch of the pimps are dead at this point. Yeah, their power's broken because the fat man's dead and the cops are off the street. So, and and he has become, you know, that we talked about it in Black Caesar. When you become the oppressor, you lose your connection to the oppressed. This exact same thing same happens. Thing. He goes to hug his brother, and his brother does not hug him back. Doesn't react at all. So Goldie's like, goodbye, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go now. And his brother's like, the, the implication's like, you're dead to me. Do you understand mm-hmm. that? Like, you are- There is no coming you back. You are less than nothing to me. And, you're responsible for a mother dying, you piece right. of shit. And also, you are a pimp. You represent everything I, I abhor Fuck, and hate. You're tied up it, yeah. with drugs. Like, yeah, exactly. So he gets on a bus, and he's cast out. He's cast out. And I, that's the only moment where I was like, okay, if you'd shown me an entirely different film before this, this would have been, been amazing. It's still yeah. good, but it would have been amazing. And that is it. That's yeah. the Mac, man. Uh, <laughs> that's the Mac, daddy. It <laughs> wasn't good. I am glad that we're going to end on Caged Heat for this Me month. too, yeah. <laughs> Given that episode is just a fun episode. We, it is too. a yeah. blast. <laughs> we very rarely record out of order because of what happened when we did yeah, this episode. See, yeah. You want to talk about stuff you've done, but it, people haven't heard it yet. And so it gets confusing. Yeah. But yeah, let's say, I know this, We I hate to end on an episode where we didn't like the movie, but you got one more coming and Caged Heat is a fucking blast. Yes. And you're going to love it. So, does anyone have anything else for the mic? I do not, unless you do, honey. Do you? No, no. All right. Well, in I that don't. in that case, we your beard is just bristling on that mic. We are a Ooh. listener supported 
podcast if you like what we did and i promise you often we like the movies that we watch yes we do head on over to patreon.com slash max peterson where you can get shout outs on the show bonus episodes the infamous season zero where we have some of our some of my favorite conversations I, yeah, on the films. there will be blood uh prisoners is a great bronson conversation. is a great one bronson i like prisoners because we we disagree occasionally that was a really good conversation where we're we, firmly in two different camps and we and met, in the, sort of met in the middle it yeah. was really neat it's the same reason i like our unforgiven episode that yeah we um, so you can head on over there and, uh, there's all the info is on patreon.com yep. slash Max Peterson. Um, we like to, well, we have to, no, we don't, but we like to shout out our patrons. <laughs> I'm so tired. I know. It's, it's been, been a, a It's been a threefer. Threefer. All right. So thank you as always. Our first two patrons, Casey Shibe, John Shibe over in the big apple. Thank you guys so much. A lot of these films took place in New York, so mm-hmm. these might be worth spinning to see how much the city's changed and how much it's how much the it same. stayed the same. <laughs> Um, and also, we as always, we have. To. Uh, how about you? Shout him yeah, out. Yeah, shout out. Shut the fella out. Shut the the shut fella. Yo, we all know who the fella is. This one? No. no. Oh, oh, you mean you mean the man, the myth, the legend. You mean Conan Schwarney. Conan Schwarney. Conan, he's such a barbarian. Oh, you know, huge. I, I don't go to the gym anymore. Um, because he's so intimidating there? He lifts at, he does, he not just lifts at he my does gym, cock he lifts, push-ups. he lifts at every gym in town. You know, he goes from gym to gym to gym. He does arm day, and then the same day, he goes to a different gym and does leg day, and then he goes to a different gym and does try, oh my god, he's a fucking mountain of a man. He's got muscles he on top of his muscles. He can crush a watermelon with his butt cheeks. I've heard that. Yes. I had. I also I believe I saw a YouTube video of mm-hmm. that but he was wearing a black bag over his head for his privacy. You know how they, that phrase you get muscles on muscles? He has muscles on top of muscles but there's so many muscles on his muscles that he had to grow more bones to support <laughs> the to new muscles. So he got more bones to support the muscles on top of his muscles muscles. I think he's juicing. He, no, <laughs> there's no way that's no. natural. Carl. The only thing he's juicing is watermelon with his no, butt cheeks. No, he's 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 that kind of guy who walks around can't put his arms down. It's yeah, like, hey guys, which way? Is the no, chip? his arms. He built his traps. Yeah, that, I, I, that was another thing. I remember I saw him last year, and his traps were so big. Or no, his his uh, his lats were lats. so big that he couldn't put his arms down. So what he did was he did overhead presses until his traps were even bigger, and they forced his arms <laughs> back down. Oh shit! It was he's. Big. The other weird thing, Very because strong. of his mass and the amount of caloric intake he needs, right, he's yeah. constantly shitting. Constantly shitting because he's constantly eating, and I did hear that he only eats butter. Just fucking unsalted, like, unsalted restaurant, restaurant. And it's and again, you're right. It is only restaurant butter because sticks aren't enough. He it's buys the it. Full it's pound the big brick. Yeah, yeah, it's the pound brick. He eats that. It's like a lollipop out of him. his hand. But it's like a play-doh machine. It goes in one end and squeezed out right the out other the other because he's got to eat so much. It's to like butter color going muscles. in and then just poop color coming out. But. But Conan Schwarma or whatever the fuck we said his name was. Schwarney. <laughs> Schwarney. Conan Schwarney. Conan Schwarney is a frugal man. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to... But look, you eat butter long enough, it's going to melt in your hands. Yep. But he doesn't want to waste that. So what he does is he puts buckets on his elbows. <laughs> and he, So when he eats, it runs down his arms. And, and it, so it just pools and it, oh, in the buckets? Sense. It runs into the buckets. He lets it solidify up, right? And then he scoops it out with his hands back through the buckets and finishes his dinner. But you know, it's, you know what the funny thing is though? Do you know what he stencils in his underwear? Well, he cook, and what I'm saying is is he cooks his dessert while he's eating, while his, he's dinner, eating his dinner and it's still just butter. That's it's, it's just, just butter. It's just butter. 
all. Do you know, do you know what he stencils in his tan. underwear though? No. What does he stencil? Connor in? Sweeney. Connor Sweeney. Mm-hmm. What is that like? Some kind of is that, a is stage that like Calvin, name? Is that Calvin Klein? I think is like a new like Calvin Klein wanted I brand think, underwear. No, I think. Brand? Burp. I think Conan. Conan is his is his gym name. I his think gym name. I think Connor, Connor. is his act, like God given name. Look, I'm just gonna, like the one his mom gave him to him. When Connor he was Sweeney born. is a stupid name. Conan Shwarma is way better. Conan Shwarma <laughs> makes me hungry. Ooh, Shwarma. <laughs> Thank you, Connor Sweeney. Thank and you, Connor your, Sweeney. And your, and your, <laughs> your patience. <laughs> I love you so much, Connor Sweeney. <laughs> he puts up with so fucking much, dude. We're really hard on him. We are. <laughs> I haven't listened to any of the episodes where you guys have shouted me out, but I'm very... It's mostly just me being like, and we always have to thank oh, great. Daniel Schmidlinston. Then I thank you. Then I thank Darnell you for touching Prail my wiener. Shot. I think that's all oh, fun. He does do oh, that ge- sometimes. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh great! Sorry, I'm kidding. She never touches my wiener. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I figured. I assumed. These are the jokes, kids. All right, look, we're getting the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. We're all tired. It's late. Um, tune in next week. Seriously, you are gonna be you are in for be a, a treat. treat. Oh, it's such a blast! Yeah, we're on the show. It's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Um, Danielle, thank you so much for coming live. Yeah. Thank you so we much really for showing it. me the jewel that is the Mac. <laughs> I apologize for showing you the jewel that is the Mac. I haven't forgiven you yet. Come on, come back over for some <laughs> Sofia Coppola movies in a couple oh, months. Oh, absolutely. We'll make it all better. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Um, bye-bye. Keep pimping.